Well, good Sunday morning, and welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. State's now won five SEC games in a row. Kind of dug that hole with that three-game sweep against Arkansas a couple weeks ago, but bouncing back last week with a three-game sweep over Kentucky. And now State has taken the first two on the road at Auburn this weekend. Bulldogs won the first game 6-5 to five on Friday, then won yesterday 7-2. to two. And Charlie, hey, I keep bringing it back up because, you know, you jumped out there and said we needed to win five of the next six, and that was last week before. Now all of a sudden we're playing with kind of house money tomorrow. We've won five in a row, and is it one of those deals where you walk to the casino, you just put that $40 back in your pocket and say, okay, I'm playing with house money? Yeah, you got to put it all back on the table right here because something changed. You know, I was saying we needed five out of six. That's when I thought we had May working for us when we were going to be talking about overall seeding in the regionals and things like that. NCAA's moved the decision up. It's going to take place at the end of April, and wins important. I actually think today's game, even though I know I've got the five I wanted, I think today's game is huge. Well, it really is. Jackson Fristo going to the mound. Auburn has a, a freshman right-hander that's going to go for them. And he's pretty much very similar to what we saw Friday night with Cody Greenhill. A lot of late action, sinker ball guy, two-pitch guy. He's going to try to pitch some ground balls. I thought one of the big things about Friday and yesterday is jumping out the leads and taking leads and allowing our pitchers to pitch with leads. You know, so many times people really don't understand the difference in pitching in a tie game or pitching from behind. But when you've got a guy out there and you look back to Friday night when we had Christian McLeod out on the mound and he's kind of beginning to pick up some steam a little bit. Then yesterday with Will Bednar, man, he was fantastic. But both of these guys have been able to pitch with leads the first two days of the weekend. And so you look back at at 10,000 feet. To me, the thing that has stood out over the first two games is you're getting a lot of production in your leadoff spot for the first time really this year. And isn't it nice, we talk about it all the time, about how Rowdy Jordan heats up with the weather. You go back a month, his batting average was over 100 points lower than it is right now. But what's he do for you on the Friday game? He goes two for four, scores twice, drives in a run. And then on Saturday, two for five, scores twice again. So that's four runs that you've gotten out of that leadoff spot. And then hitting right behind him in the ball game yesterday, Tanner Allen scores two runs had one the day before, drove in three. You look at the top couple in the order right now, Rowdy, Tanner Allen, and Cameron James, they're doing their job. We hit two home runs of the game on Friday, and then we come back yesterday and use the long ball again. You know, this has been a team, and Charlie, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. This has been a Mississippi State offensive team. This kind of had to piece things together. You're using the long ball this weekend. You're using kind of the Arkansas approach of what they did to us a few weeks ago. And so you don't have to be as reliant upon a sequence of three and four different things to happen for you to be able to put runs up on the board. I look back to yesterday, Rowdy, that leadoff at bat, doubling off the wall. It's extra base hits. It's getting in scoring position early. It's setting the tone, and it's not a single, and then moving to second on a ground ball. And Okay, let's let's look at Friday night. Let's look at Friday night about State winning that game 6-5 to five and how it all kind of unfolded 
we took the early lead in that game, and then Auburn came back and took you know took the lead middle innings. They hit a home run, hit a couple of home runs in that game, but then the ability to bounce back for us on Friday was so big. And you know, over the first two days of this weekend series, that's the thing we've been able to do. If Auburn gets any kind of momentum. We don't let them seize that momentum. We, we come right back, and the ability to answer runs with runs of your own is so big in this game. It was the bottom of the fourth in the ball game on Friday when Auburn scored two. They go up two to one, and all of a sudden, the way our at-bats have been going to that point in the ball game, I'm thinking, we're in real trouble. I don't know how we're going to score a run. we got to manufacture a run and go to extra innings. But you come back and you put up that three runs in the top of the fifth inning, you got the Tanner Allen home run. That was the big thing. And then Cameron James right on top of him with another. That was big because it. I felt like that sequence right there really set the tone for the first two ball games. Looking back on the mound, Christian McLeod was able to go six innings. He gave up two runs, both earned on five hits. Struck out six, he walked two. And when you look at the starters the last two days, McLeod – went Friday, six innings, and then yesterday, Bednar went seven, which is the first time this year we've gotten seven innings out of a starter. You know, the strikeouts have not been as high as what we've seen. They're pitching to a little bit more contact, and their pitch counts are not getting terribly high through the first five, six innings. Well, you go back, what did Bednar have yesterday, upper 90s? He didn't hit 100, I don't think, did he? 95, so 95 pitches in that game, and he got you through seven innings. It's interesting, and I go back, we've made the comparison a number of times to Ethan Small. That's a guy who a number of times wasn't able to go deeper in ball games because of his own success, striking guys out. He would have pitched a lot more innings had he struck out fewer guys. And I think you go back and you look at that ball game on Saturday with Bednar, I mean, that was exactly the situation. So both those games, I thought you got a good starting performance. McLeod got six strikeouts. Bednar was seven yesterday. And so we come back. We take the lead in the in the Friday game. We expand the lead out to five to two with a run in the seventh inning and then in the bottom of the seventh inning. Here's what I want to talk about. You know, we go to the bullpen. We bring out Preston Johnson. And Preston's been very good for us. He, of course, he didn't pitch the first couple of weeks of the season. But since – Coming in and kind of establishing his role as a middle reliever, we've seen him on the backside of McLeod a couple of times already, but he just didn't have it. I mean, it it was a tight zone, but he was having big misses. The tight zone really didn't bother him a whole lot. And I thought we got him out of there quickly. You know, you walk the first two guys you see, then all of a sudden you go to the bullpen. Did it surprise you how the last couple of weeks with Houston Harding, we used him just to two batters last weekend – he gets a third of an inning on Friday, pitches to two batters, and then all of a sudden we bring him out. And you saw he was uh, he I was don't not know if he was surprised. He certainly wasn't happy. He he was not happy about that. Is is that kind of a surprise about how you're seeing Houston Harding coming in and being pretty much a matchup guy on the weekend? Yeah, because I thought that Houston Harding, you go back to what's he good at? I I think even though he's a left-hander, I think he's pretty good against right-handed hitters because his changeup is so good. And so you start so many times we think about matchups, you think about left on left. I don't have any problem Houston Harding throwing to right-handers, and I don't know that I would have made the switch right there to go to Brandon Smith. You know, he gives up the single, and then you've got the right-handed hitter coming in. And like you said, Charlie, I feel almost more comfortable 
seeing Houston Harding pitching against right-handers because it brings that changeup into play. That's been his best pitch all season long. His changeup to right-handed hitters, ever since the first time we saw him against Southern Miss, that's been the swing and a miss pitch. And so many times we have had to have that changeup, and he's given it to us. So then all of a sudden you go to Brandon Smith, who goes two-thirds of an inning, really didn't look comfortable out there. Didn't look comfortable the last time we brought him out, you know, last weekend as well. Did it surprise you to throw Johnson out there, then you follow him with Harding? Did it surprise you that it took to the fifth pitcher to get Landon Sims out there? I can't decide. I've argued with myself over what I would have done had I been coaching the team a number of times. Ultimately, though, I come back to this. What was the thing that was being said all over Twitter, all over the Internet? Why don't we have Sims in? I mean, that was kind of the, the big perception. But you've got a three-run lead in the ball game, And the only thing we've heard is how deep this staff is, how talented this staff is. If we can't rely on anybody but Landon Sims to come in and get an out, we got problems and our bullpen isn't as great as we've been talking about. Okay, so going to that point in just a minute, I had no problem bringing Preston Johnson out of the pen with a three-run lead. If it's a one-run game at that time, maybe you're thinking – Okay, let's bring in Landon Sims. But you kind of wonder what the plan was going into the game. You know, there's a lot of times before the game starts, okay, what is our plan? Is our plan to get as deep as we can with McLeod? If we have a lead, let's go to Preston Johnson. Let's try to hold Landon Sims as long as we can over a weekend. There may be a leverage situation on Saturday. There may be a leverage situation on Sunday. And so we want to hold him. To me, the only surprise was it's almost like you had to get to the eighth inning. It's almost like he became that fifth guy. And you kind of wonder if it was that situation of, hey, it's a tie ball game. That gummit, we didn't want to burn him on Friday night, but we're about to have to burn Landon Sims. To the point that you were making, Bart, you wonder a little bit if you're thinking, all right, this is a 5-4 game, 4-3 game. We're going to Sims as soon as we have to. And then all of a sudden you get up three runs and you think, now let's not get him warm, keep him down. Because the other problem is a lot of times I think people – don't give enough credit to what warming up does to you. Yeah, I mean, does a guy get loose or does he get hot? Because if you, burn- you heat him up, you might as well have thrown him. Yeah, if he gets hot, then he got hot. And so, but I go back to this. Look, I have no problem throwing Preston Johnson. It just didn't work out. He walked a couple of guys. And, you know, the first walk he had, there were a lot of foul balls that led to that walk. That was a competitive at bat, not so much on the second guy. Then you go to Harding, who gets the pop-up on the infield real quickly, then gives up the hit to right. And then Smith comes in and, you know, kind of sandwiched in there. You know, he comes in, he gets the strikeout, and then he gives up a base hit. That scores a run. Now things are tighter. But then there's a throwing error. Yes. And, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. He got a ground ball in the middle of the infield. Then he comes back, hits a guy, comes back, gets a strikeout. But, you know, arguably should have never had a chance to hit the guy. So – you go back then, I think your original question to me was, I surprised that it took us that long to get to Sims. I'll just say this, because I'm guilty of it too, but if we are truly in a situation where Landon Sims is the only guy that can get us out, we're not a good baseball team. Here's my question, and of course, we don't know what's kind of going on behind the scenes, but my thought is this, and I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know if Landon Sims is going to try to bounce back and he's going to try to give you an inning if you need him in the night today. I don't know that. We have not seen that so far this year where we have used him twice in a weekend. So then all of a sudden the question becomes, if he's so dynamic, and he is, he is so good, is it almost like 
if we can't have you bounce back and pitch twice on a weekend, we probably need to look at maybe put you in a start rotation because if, if, if we're going to use you on a weekend, we might as well get four or five out of you if well, we're going to use you one time. Well, and to that point, if you're only going to use him once in a weekend, then you should have gone with him to start the seventh, meaning there's no point trying to limit him to only two innings if that's if he's a one-and-done for the weekend. Would you agree? Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so doesn't the idea that you didn't go to him in the seventh and that you were trying to delay it a little bit, maybe bridge a little bit there, suggest – that you didn't want to spend him for the weekend and you want him available for Sunday? Well, that that goes into the question of, yeah, the pitch counts. Do you use multiple innings? Is it a situation on Friday where we want to get it to the ninth and see if we can get him out there for 10 or 12 pitches and then bring him back for a close situation like a traditional closer, a three-out guy on Friday, and then bring him back today? Those are the questions we don't know. But if we go today and we don't use him, then all of a sudden it becomes that, going forward, hey, you've got a big bullet in that bullpen and, and using him two innings, you just kind of wonder. He threw 26 pitches. And hey, here we are. 20 of them strikes. And look at us. Way. Look at us. We're arguing about Tim Corbin and the way he's throwing Kumar Rocker and then Jack Leiter. We're talking about Paul Maneri about Jaden Hill. We're wanting <laughs> we're wanting Landon Simpson. We're Let's wanting Landon Simpson to throw more pitches. That's right. <laughs> so looking back, and then the game is tied. We go to the top of the eighth inning, able to put together a run in the eighth inning. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. Running out of pop up. I mean, simple things. How many guys slammed the bat in the ground and jogged to first base in today's game? Let me ask you this. 20 years ago, everybody's running it out. In today's game, slam the bat, the bat down, you jog to first base, the guy drops it, you're standing on first base. You don't win that game if you jog to first 99. base. 99.9%. And it seems like most people don't understand what an outlier that was from Tanner Leggett right there because – you look how many guys in baseball right now hit a ground ball and they're just kind of dogging it to first. I don't want to pull a hamstring. I don't want this or that. That's a pop-up right at first base. And That's you, caught 100 times out of 100. And you see guys running out fly balls. You just kind of have in the back of your mind a guy has an easier chance of dropping the fly ball than he does the infield pop-up. And so you, you may run harder on a fly ball. But on a pop-up on the infield, I'm talking about one that you're looking at. It's going to land right there at first base, and I'm watching those guys. Man, all of a sudden, kick it to second base, and the ability to get to second in that situation. Skinner grounds out to the right side. You move over to third. Okay, here's a question I've got for you. Oh, all right, and you know what I'm about to say on this. Let me tell you, last week on our show on Out of Left Field, we had Tim Hudson on. Of course, Tim Hudson, 17-year big leaguer, fantastic human, Tim was a great interview, articulate guy, country guy. He's one of us. He's just a good dude. Tim is the pitching coach for Auburn. And so let me ask you this question. And I'm sure Butch Thompson, he walked to the Gatorade. <laughs> Butch walked over to the Gatorade and then didn't even get anything to drink. I think he was seething because with Forsyth at the plate, who was 0 for 3 with three strikeouts, who at night had had trouble picking up the fastball, why in the world do you bounce a breaking ball with a runner at third? You don't. You just don't. And I get it if you're playing in Major League Baseball. One, you've got catchers who are pretty dang good at blocking stuff up, and you got guys who understand what bouncing a breaking ball is supposed to look like. The only thing I'm throwing Forsyth right there is a fastball up and out of the zone. Don't you agree? A ball off the outside part of the plate. 
there's no way I'm taking a chance of bouncing one up there. Yeah, I'm riding fastball away. I'm, I'm just I'm doing everything that's been his kryptonite all night long. And I want to talk about Forsyth in yesterday's ball game when we bounce back in just a minute. But yeah, that was tough. But I, when we score that run, we go ahead six to five. It's the top of the eighth, and then all of a sudden, yeah, we got Landon Sims hot. I thought the game was over right then. I'm t- I felt I am so much in my comfort zone of watching this guy throw. And here's one of the reasons why. It's not about having stuff. He's got stuff. I mean, he's got fastball mid-90s, high-90s. He's got tremendous spin rate. He's got a breaking ball that's really good. It's plus-plus, as they say in the biz. But let me tell you what he does. He shoves it in the strike zone. He gets up there. He doesn't waste any time. I want to play behind that guy. 20 of his 26 pitches were strikes. I, I love That's it. It's just phenomenal. I love it. And, hey, if he gets hit, and sooner or later sometime this year, he, he may get hit, but I don't care. He's shoving it in the zone. And I felt like the game was over at that point. And then for him to come back in the ninth, I was worried because in the eighth inning I sent that tweet out, hey, I love to see this guy shoving it in the zone. I'm sitting there going, man, I hope I didn't jinx him. I hope Auburn didn't come out of here in the bottom of the ninth inning and run one out of the yard, just some guy turn one around. But, hey, we pick up the win. So listen to this. Let's go through the at-bats that Sims had, okay? He gets an 0-2 pop-up, 2-2 strikeout, 1-2 strikeout. That's in the eighth. Comes back in the ninth. 1-2 strikeout, 0-2 pitch, then gets a strikeout, and then gets a flyout on 2-2. Two and two. He was never behind an account. He's always ahead. He's that guy that's always 1-2, 0-2. Always. It's and, phenomenal. And that's what you want out of a guy out of the bullpen. It's not 2-1, it's not 2-0. Because in that situation, fastballs are different at 2-0 than they are at 1-1. It's just a completely different ball game. And sometimes people don't understand how the game changes within it bats from 1-1-2-1 to 2-0-3-1. If you're behind, that fastball looks different because it's a guessing game in your mind at the plate. And I don't care how hard the guy's throwing, I'm going to try to get juiced up on it. But he he's a guy that I may be juiced up on fastball, and he still gets it by me. I mean, it's just the way that ball runs. That was That was just a phenomenal effort, and I just want to see more of it. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like just shoot it in my veins. I want to see more of that. Okay, so then we come back yesterday. You've got Bednar going. You need to get some innings out of Bednar, which you felt like you probably could do because, let's be honest, I love Butch to death. I love all those guys over there. Auburn's just not a very good baseball team right now. They're just not. And you felt like if Bednar can kind of take the, the same page of what Landon Sims did on Friday night of shoving it in the zone, and he was good yesterday. He got some ground balls. I mean, he got some balls put in play. We played really good defense yesterday in that game. And then to come out, jump on top, one nothing. he gives up the home run to Cam Hill, and then all of a sudden we start playing home run derby. Cameron James's home run to give us the lead back early in the game yesterday. And then, you know, you're leading 3-1 in the third inning. And then Tanner Allen, what he does in the fourth inning. Then all of a sudden, it's 6-1. to one. And, Charlie, it was almost like that weekend we're playing Arkansas here. You're down you're 3-0, 2-0, 2-1. But it felt like so much more. Don't you know that that 6-1 lead in the fourth inning yesterday felt like it was about 15-1 to one to Auburn? Well, particularly the way Bednar was pitching. It didn't even look like he was stressed in the least. I mean, he looked so comfortable on the mound. He just kept throwing strikes. 
you go back, I'll be honest with you, that was a ball game about the seventh. It was almost nap time for me because whereas in other games you're kind of on the edge of your seat and you're living and dying on every pitch, I just could not fathom us losing that ball game. Once we put that run on the board in the sixth, we made it a 7-1 game. I'm like, this this is over. The home run balls were big. Cameron James hitting the home run. Tanner Allen hitting the home run. How about Josh Atcher yesterday? I mean, the guy's been struggling so bad. We've talked about it. Getting a couple hits. He had that single in his first at bat. Hits the home run in yesterday's game. And then how about Lane Forsyth? You talk about going 0 for 4 with four strikeouts in a Friday game. And I'm, I may have texted you this during the game, just talking about, hey, you hate to see Forsyth at this point in the season. You kind of wonder. Freshman thrown out there, starting at shortstop. He's your everyday guy now. What do we always say about freshmen? Sometimes they run into that wall. And you look back to Friday night, and you see how he's, he was kind of overmatched in that game on Friday night, 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. But the ability to come back yesterday and put together some good at-bats and go 2 for 3, that was a really good gutty performance by your freshman shortstop to come back yesterday and not let the night before bother him because you see that so much out of freshmen. I thought it was really important because one of the things you don't want to see a young guy do too is ever have that stretch where all of a sudden they fall into a slump because I think it's harder for those guys. It's hard enough to pull out of a slump at any age. I think it's very difficult for young players because all of a sudden it feels to them. They know that phrase too. They know all about the freshman wall. They've heard all those things. And all of a sudden, it just kind of gets in your head of, uh-oh, maybe I hit a freshman wall. That's why I thought it was so important for him to bounce back. Now, look, Owen, who pitched for Auburn yesterday, isn't the same kind of guy that Greenhill is. I know they talked about him a lot, and he was you know, kind of pumped up. But he, um, he didn't miss many bats in that ball game yesterday. And some of the talk early in the ball game was that he wasn't letting him get contact in the middle of the barrel. Man, we started barreling him up around the second, third inning. Yeah, we really did. And then that confidence jumps in there. I mean, when one guy starts stroking it, then all of a sudden everybody's hitting the ball hard. And it wasn't just bleeders. I mean, we were hitting the ball hard. I felt good about our offense yesterday. Okay, let's flip the page and let's go to today. Now all of a sudden we're 7-4 and four in the SEC. You kind of feel good about where you're at heading into today. Auburn, bless our hearts, 1-10 right now. But we're worried about us. That's all we're worried about. Jackson Fristo today. We used Stinnett yesterday late in the game. You know, that was one of the good things. You know, we used Tuller, Patrick, Stinnett. Stone Simmons pitched a third of an inning, got hit a little bit, gave up three hits in a third of an inning yesterday. So you kind of feel like, you know, we do have a number of guys that we can use in the game today behind Fristo. But – you know, going back to last weekend, that was the positive is we got three starts from our starters that went at least five innings. Fristo went to five, and we were able to close it out in the Sunday game. But Stinnett was out on the mound to try to close everything down in a one-run game against Kentucky last week. It's going to be interesting to me to see what we do on the backside of Jackson Fristo today. Well, so think about what you could stack on top of Fristo. You still have Harding to throw. And I still like I still like the idea of kind of piggybacking those guys a little bit. I don't think we've really seen it, but I think Harding would be very effective coming in after Fristo. If you don't see Harding today, does that tell you that we're just going to hold him to Tuesday night against Arkansas State? But, I mean, today's the game that matters. I mean, I hate to say that Arkansas State doesn't matter, but 
SEC records. What today matters? Today is a big game for us, and I, I, I expect you'll see a good start out of Fristo. And look, here's the other thing: you just got to come out and hit the ball again. I'd have to think you still got two innings of Landon Sims on the backside, and then it's just a question of how you get there. But I don't know that anybody right now would be ruled out as a possibility, aside maybe from Brandon Smith. And I don't know that you'd see him again. I could see us throwing Preston Johnson back out there. Yeah. Put him back in the saddle pretty quick, get him right back up there. He only threw 13 pitches the other day, just struggled with control. Look, if we're going to play our way through the season, you're going to have to have innings from those guys. So I think there's some benefit to getting them back out there. Here's what's going to be interesting. You know, we've kind of made this big deal about how many guys have pitched this season and how many different guys we've used. I talk about in basketball all the time. I've seen a lot of coaches who are better when they only have eight guys who are any good because if they got 12, they can't figure out how to keep everybody happy and what their rotation is. You come out in the first game of the year and you see all these guys play. But, look, man, you get to the heart of the season and that rotation is going to tighten up. How I mu- wonder if we're going to see that. Yeah, how much of this is a product of having so many guys? How much of some of these guys not being sharp is because they're only used, you know, once every seven, eight days and it's a matchup situation or it's one inning? I mean, is this the, is this the double-edged sword side of it where these guys are just not getting enough work and they're just not sharp? And that's the reason you talk about having to just kind of cull it down and, hey, we got our nine, we're about to roll these guys out there. Yeah, I think there's something to that. I've always thought that pitchers need to throw. Hitters need to hit. But you have to have playing time if you're going to be where you want to be. So let's look and see what Auburn's got going today. You've got Joseph Gonzalez, six-four right-hander from Puerto Rico. You look at how Auburn has used him in SEC play. Didn't pitch a whole lot against Ole Miss, just one inning in that game. Gave up one run, one hit. Against Kentucky, he struck out four, walked two and four innings. But he, he was shelled a little bit, gave up five runs on eight hits. And then last week at Arkansas, he gave up two runs on two hits, but he, he walked five batters in the five innings. He struck out one, he walked five. He pitched a contact, but he just – it was kind of the feast or famine with him last week against Arkansas. But he got better last week against Arkansas. Isn't it interesting, though, that – if you go back and you look at that ball game, Arkansas didn't make him pay the way you typically expect. You know, he didn't give up those two runs to the sixth. You know, he threw five shutout innings to start that ball game. And the thing is, he's walking guys, he's doing things. Man, when Arkansas was in here, they made us pay for it, every mistake. Man, if we did something wrong, we felt it. And so he got away with a little bit. So that's going to be one of the keys for us is if we get free passes, got to take advantage. Looking at this from 10,000 feet as we go into today, you know, a couple of weeks ago we were ranked in the top five, which I thought at the time, and we talked about that on Sunday Coffee, about, hey, it may be a little unrealistic of us being a top five team. But we also said, hey, we're playing against 1A, 1B. Arkansas may be the number one ranked team in the country when the polls come out this coming week because Vandy lost two out of three. How about that? How about Vandy losing two out of three at home against Georgia? That's a crazy surprise. But over the last two weeks, we said at that time, hey, we're about to take on Kentucky and Auburn. We've looked every bit of a legitimate, pretty good baseball team over the past couple of weeks. But today's big. I mean, to be able to go on the road and pull off a sweep would be massive. I know it was tough getting swept at home. You talk about getting something back. This is the way you get it back. This is the get-back game right here. It gets you back on the, I'm a big guy. I want to win two out of three. If you average two out of three, you're going to win the league a lot of years. 
know, if you're 20 yep. and 10. And so you go back right now. This is the game that gets us back on track. This gets us back to our two out of three. Hi, Charlie. Enjoyed it as always. Always good to talk with you on Sunday morning. Sunday coffee brought to you by Cannon Ford of Start. Well, Cannon Ford, they have the spray in bed liners. They can change the, the tires. They got tires. They got batteries. It doesn't have to be Fords or Lincolns. I mean, they can fix just about any car or any car. Take it out there to them. I don't care if you got a, a Kia or whatever you got. Just go out there and take it to them, and I guarantee you they can fix it at Cannon Ford of Startville. So Charlie and I will be back on uh, Thursday with Out of Left Field. Of course, State uh, has Super Bulldog weekend next weekend, and so we'll try to give you a preview of what's going on between State and Ole Miss that during the midweek. But later today, 2 o'clock, it'll be on the, the SEC Network. I think, isn't Dave Neal and uh, Chris Burke doing the game today? Yeah, I think they are. Hey, I have to ask one question. Sure. Do you like the wall? Do you like the green monster type wall? Here's what I don't like about the wall at Auburn is it's metal, and you've got a lot of dents in it. I'm kind of halfway OCD, and I don't like looking out there at the wall and seeing a bunch of dents in it. You know, Rowdy put a dent in one yesterday. And it certainly it, did. It's like a corrugated tin. If you hit it right there on the curve, it's still dented in. It just it doesn't look good. I don't like – I mean, I don't mind having the – you know, they have it at Vanderbilt as well. They used to have the big scoreboard. Did you ever go to Kentucky to Cliff Hagen? Never did. Short porch to right field, and they had this big scoreboard in right field at one time. And so if it went off the scoreboard, it was you know a home run. But then they took the scoreboard out and put the scoreboard in left field. But what they did is they just kind of boarded up where the old scoreboard was. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Then they made it in play. And so if you hit it off the wall in right field, it was still in play. It was kind of, it was kind of weird, that whole situation. I don't know. We we talk about our ballpark, how some folks probably don't like playing here. You got the bullpen down the right field side, you got the curve in the right field. Nothing symmetrical. I guess that's their way their of that fielder did a really nice job playing a ball yeah. off that wall yesterday. Nearly threw Rowdy out at second. That's their way of having a home field advantage. Now I will say this, you know, if you get pull happy if you're a right handed hitter, you can run one out of the yard in a hurry down the line. But left center field, it takes a poke to get it to left center field at that ballpark. So no, I don't like it. Okay, that's that's fine. I'm not a huge fan, but it, it doesn't offend me. The only reason that it offends you and that you don't like the monster is because the Red Sox have the green monster. Just go ahead and say it. Well, uh, I will just say this. If I were going to try to emulate a professional baseball team, it would not be that one. That's okay. Each is on. I can't bag on Fenway because Janet Marie Smith had something to do with it. Hey, did you see? Hey, we're never going to end the show. I mean, I could literally do this all day. Did you see where she tweeted on Friday? Yeah, the Tommy Lasorda locker with the cowbell in With the cowbell. And then somebody tweeted back at her and said, hey, that's just you putting that cowbell in there. And she said, no, that was always prominently displayed in his office, that Mississippi State cowbell. You know, he came here. Did he speak at a first-pitch banquet? Yeah. Long time ago? Yep, sure did. Yep. Didn't he, and then he spoke at Caledonia maybe one time? I don't know. I've got to look back at that. Hey, we'll have to research that. Tommy Lasorda. We need an intern. Well, how long was he the manager of the Dodgers? A long time. Wouldn't he from we'll Brooklyn? We'll never see that again, will we? No, you won't. You won't see that again. You won't see the long-time guys in college football or any professional sport. Nobody can Nobody can live that long as far as in that bubble. Everybody's going to get fired after seven years. Well, you know my theory, right? That, you know, in the Methodist church, about every eight years they rotate preachers. You know, the congregation needs a new minister, and the minister needs a new congregation. That's kind of my view of uh, of coaching. 
eight to ten years. How do you not? I mean, you need a sabbatical, don't you, in today's world? Yes. Everything you do is critiqued. And you go back to the game on Thursday. When it worked, when Landon Sims pitched the eighth and ninth, and maybe we've got him today, if that all works out, Lamonis was a genius. But go back and check the Twitter timelines about the time that <laughs> that ball game has been being tied up because I can promise you it was not complimentary. Man, Twitter. What do we do before Twitter? Golly. Twitter, Facebook. Of course, that's a lot of grandmas. Yeah. Our, uh, can I say that? No, I'll yeah, you can say that. Okay. Um, grandpas. Because it's true. We need to start doing TikToks. No, we do not need to start doing TikToks. I'll tell you what, though. I am going to shut down my Twitter for next weekend. No doubt. All right, hey, enjoyed it. I'm Bart Gregory. He's Charlie Winfield. Tweet us at Bart Gregory. Tweet him, Charlie Winfield. Any negativity goes to Charlie. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us right here on Sunday Coffee, brought to you by Cannon Ford of Startville.